right, let's go. All right, everybody, we're back at Talk of the Now podcast, and we are Gene and we are Jason, but we're two Hello. different people. Yes, we time. are. <laughs> we are live as we're recording, but yes. you'll probably see it, but you'll probably hear this two weeks or so from when it's recorded. Jason. Yes. You have a beard. Have you had a beard all year? No. How long did this start to crop up? I don't know. I did it, started doing it like probably about 20 years ago and then cut it off for a while, then put it back again. Had the uh, soul patch right here in college, you know. Were you a youth youth minister? I I was going to say the youth minister soul patch and match my acoustic guitar. Um, But yeah. Uh, But yeah, just started growing that out now. Every now and then keep it. I don't, I don't do the, you know, the full mountain man thing. I just keep it short. So, Oh, you don't want to follow that trend of the last five no, to 10 years. No, no. You just full on ZZ top. That's right. <laughs> the ZZ top had it, ladies and gentlemen, way before anybody wanted to be that way. <laughs> Rest in peace. Uh, Mr. Dusty. Yep. Uh, Baker. Is that his last name? Or I can't remember his last name. Oh, well. I'm not going to comment because I can't remember either. <laughs> yeah, Dusty. I wanted to say Gibbons, but I don't think it's Gibbons. No, um, Billy Gibbons is the other guy. Yeah. Okay. Well. Anyway, um, oh, it's a shame I never got to see uh, the old ZZ Top live. I remember watching them as a kid, watching all their videos on MTV. Just another part once. of my childhood. You saw them once. Once, yeah, a while back. Hmm. Yeah, a long time ago. Great. Um, I believe it's on Netflix uh, documentary about ZZ Top. And I do not recall the name of it, but I watched it and it's, it should still be on there. You should check it out sometime. It really goes into their history. And yeah, I mean, it couldn't have been done more than three years ago. And mm-hmm. they do, you know, current interviews with all three members. And <clears throat> I can't remember if they play on it at all, but it's a, it was a really well done, one of the best musical documentaries that I've ever seen. Ah. Um, especially for a rock band. At least that's very nice. Very nice. You gotta watch that other one, Count Me In on Netflix about drummers. That yeah. one's supposed to be good. I need to watch that one. I just watched one on the that Val Kilmer did about himself on Amazon. How was that? I'm gonna watch that sometime. Man, it's terrific. Um, it's a little hard to watch and listen to him because he looks a lot older from the cancer and he has to press the the trach thing in to talk and so it sounds really you know mm-hmm. bad and it's just really hard to see him like that because he was one of the best you know Juilliard trained like actors you know of our day even though some of his roles weren't always that way but I mean him playing Jim Morrison and obviously Doc Holliday um roles like that were good yeah um and all i mean all of his movies are good you know i liked him in the saint uh which is oh, the yeah. reason which is what he left after one batman movie to go do because he was just tired of he was like one was enough for him i didn't realize uh, that yeah that he had left that um i always thought the saint was <clears throat> how should i say this to me it's a mediocre movie that was made that became a really good movie because of Al Kilmer. Yeah, I agree with all of his impersonations and everything. I mean, just brilliant. Had it been another actor, I won't say anybody like whatever, George Clooney or whomever else. Yeah. I don't think it would have had nearly as much moxie. Right. 
you know, I own a, I own a hard copy of it because of that, you know, because it's, it's Val Kilmer and, you know, he does a good job with the, uh, with documentaries. So it's well done. His son does the narration and his son sounds like him when he was younger. So it kind of mm-hmm. sounds like, like Val talking. Um, you know how old his son is? Oh gosh. Son's got to be 20 something, maybe 20 mm-hmm. or like late twenties, early thirties, maybe probably late twenties, I think. Um, but yeah, he, it was, it was really interesting. It goes through his whole career. I mean, you you could see all of his stage acting experience. Mm. Very well done. I uh, I was very impressed with him. It, it had me kind of tearing up just because I don't know why. You know, because he's fine. He's healthy. He beat the cancer. Yeah. Um, well, but, it re- I mean, it had a damaging effect on him. So right, he's you know he's waiting on the technology to be there to where he can do the full trach transplant and be able to mm-hmm. speak again to speak again, which yeah. would be good. Um, well, I mean, but like he anything, see, yeah, yeah but, I mean, he seems to be enjoying life aside from that, you know, well, I mean, it, you know, he, they showed him at a tombstone festival, um, in, uh, in Texas and a couple other things, you know, he, he embraces his past, even the movies that he's not like mm-hmm. thrilled that he was in. He's become more like, I, I understand that to a lot of people, I'm Iceman, you know, to a lot of people, I'm Doc Holliday you know, or Batman for a movie, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah. Let me um, ask you this about tombstone while we're there, by the way, Um, I thought about this before and I think that tombstone might be, I mean, I'm sure it's happened, but I can't think of other examples really. I mean, there's probably a few Mm -hmm. where the um, what's the um, award that they get supporting actor that they give it uh, the Oscars a lot of times. Mm-hmm. where the supporting actor steals the show. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, I can't think of many other movies where, you know, I mean, for all yeah. intents and purposes, I'm sure um, Kurt Russell should have um, been the star of that movie, you know? Yeah. I mean, he was on the bill, but yeah. You know, playing Wyatt Earp, mainly by the character, but and yeah, he did definitely. a good job with him, but do- definitely Doc Holliday and, and him. I mean, I just, yeah, I don't, I can't remember any other Western I've ever left the movie theater going, wow, too, than that one, mm-hmm. you know, and the whole story about the costumes and how Wyatt Earp, the other movie that was being made, which was horrible, by the way, um, mm-hmm. at the same exact time, those right. like not too long after they, one of the other came out. Well, you think theater, about, um, you know, I was going to, um, to illustrate maybe, uh, back to the future that movie the star of that movie and the person that stole that movie that you know brought it whatever was michael j fox i mean right, he yeah. you know but what if christopher lloyd had stole the show it's almost like that happened yeah i mean yeah you know it could have happened well it could have happened really easily i mean they just didn't give christopher lloyd as many lines i mean really honestly that's that's what happens but mm-hmm. think about tombstone is and and Val goes into this in the in that documentary. He says it was a well written character. That's yeah. why it was so good. He he totally like doesn't take the credit for it. He's just like, it was well written. That's why it was good. I was sitting there thinking, yeah, but you nailed it. You know, it's like, but I agree with you. It's very rarely do a supporting actor steal the show. I mean, you know, you've got some movies that have honestly like a bunch of co-leads, you know, ones with the big casts where you're not really sure who's the lead actor. Cause there's all mm-hmm. these kind of stories going on the multiple stories at the same <clears> time <throat> movies. Mm-hmm. Um, you can argue American graffiti was Ron Howard, 
as the star, but really there was a bunch of stars. Um, yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. Yeah. That was sort of a transfer throughout. the Well, movie. it was obviously the first multiple stories at one night movie ever made. So, mm. um, well, but you, you know, give, okay. yeah. I was going to say, uh, you could maybe argue that Han Solo sort of stole the movie in Star Wars because the movie's really, in a lot of ways, I guess, about yeah. Luke, you know? Well, it's about it the is. Skywalkers. Well, we didn't, really, we didn't know it was going to be about Skywalker. I don't think Lucas right. knew about it before he threw the movie. <laughs> so, you know, when you write characters, I mean, I, I and it, but think about that. It comes down to the fact that I think Han Solo was a better written character, mm-hmm. dialogue-wise, than Luke Skywalker was. Luke Skywalker was a whiny little brat. Right, who got shoved into this world role, which is <clears throat> mm-hmm. fine. That's the role it was supposed to be. But Han Solo was the the more likable character, mm-hmm. I think, of all yeah. of that. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you could also argue that with the newer, um, not the newer, but the uh, prequels of Star Wars, where uh, Ben Kenobi or Ewan McGregor's character was really yeah. the favorite character of that series. Over, yeah. I mean, not. I mean, obviously, Anakin. Even before Anakin became the bad guy in those movies. Yeah, it was it, it was the same. It's the Skywalker whininess. I feel like we were supposed to fall in love with Anakin as a character at some point, but never did. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Maybe you weren't supposed to because you knew his fate. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I felt I thought I sort of felt like there should have been a point because you remember this is some nerdy talk, but um, <laughs> it's okay. There was a point where, um, <clears throat> excuse me, that um, Obi Wan, if you remember when he was talking to Luke back in the old Star, uh, the first Star Wars that were made, yeah, um, he was talking about how good of a friend he was to to Anakin, and so to me that always gave me the impression that Anakin was almost like an Obi Wan type of guy at one point, and right? They just fell down the hill, but I never, with the um, prequels, I never really got that feeling with that the guy that hit the whatever the character of Anakin that this yeah, is a guy uh, that I really like. Oh my gosh, I can't believe he's going downhill like this. Right, with the two actors that played him. I mean, obviously, as the child one, it really was just more about the story of it, and that first movie was rushed to get the story across. But Hayden Christensen, you know, I think, I again, I don't think it was written well. Mm-hmm. I really don't. I don't think his part was written well at all. Yeah, I mean, not necessarily I think, his issue. Yeah, I think he's a good actor. I've seen him in other things. Mm-hmm. Um, My Life is a House, and then a couple other ones where he has to play a really challenging character and he does a good job. So it's like, you just hate that it wasn't that way for Anakin, but you know, in other movies, like, I mean, think about, you you see a lot of, obviously I think Val Kilmer was shafted from a best supporting actor nomination or award, either one Mm -hmm. um, and the Oscars, um, because that's easily one of the best roles, most, most memorable roles in a Western ever. Be curious to know who got it that year instead of him. <laughs> oh, gosh, I can't remember. I, yeah, and I should know. Um, I, I think Wyatt Earp, the movie, might have been nominated. Oh, yeah, Tomb- it came out like same year, right, or something? But Tombstone wasn't, and that just seems so weird to me because if you watch both of them, you're like trying to get through Wyatt Earp, whereas Tombstone, you're just on the edge of your seat laughing, you know, watching. I mean, just a great movie altogether. Better cast, better everything. Never tried to watch wider. I did. I watched it. I got through it. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I tried to start it too late at night, so I had to stop it and watch it again later on. Um, it's just one of those movies. It's a Kevin Costner movie, so it's about you know two and a half hours too long. Yeah. Um, but not all of his movies are bad. I'm no, I like say. Kevin Costner. I like some of his movies. It just it was one of those things where they I don't know why they were trying to make that movie the same year as Tombstone. I mean, it 
it just Tombstone had the cast, man. I mean, Billy yeah. Bob Thor- Billy Bob Thornton was in Tombstone. I mean, before we really knew who he was, you know, <laughs> like everybody was in Tombstone. Um, I mean, any movie that's got Sam Elliott in it, I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, that, that really is weird because I mean, you know this better than most people that things are oftentimes shelves for years and years and they finally right. get around to doing it. It's weird yeah. that it lined up that way. Yeah, it is strange. Um, Wyatt Earp was more of an art piece kind of, kind of Western, you know, whereas Tombstone was meant to be one of those movies that came out in the summer that people go see 20 million times, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you look at other movies where people have gotten awards for best supporting actor and nobody else has gotten an award. I mean, I think recently, once upon a time in Hollywood with Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt got best supporting actor award. Speaking of Brad Pitt, you know, or which movie? Oh, that was what movie? Once oh. upon a time in Hollywood, he oh, won yeah. for that. One Speaking for that. of uh, Brad, I was going to say, I was just thinking about. Um, I don't know if you have one that you can think of, but yeah, it's not my favorite movie by any means. But Fight Club might be the most bizarre movie I've ever seen. It was bizarre. Overall. It came out when I was in college and. I was working at the theater, so we had to watch it yeah. the night before, and we're all like, huh? <laughs> you know? Um, uh, yeah, that's not the most bizarre movie I've ever seen. The most bizarre movie I've ever seen is probably Clockwork Orange, Stanley Kubrick's movie. Never, yeah, I never saw that. Uh, don't waste your time. It's like a mind trip. Um, but between that one and one of his other movies, which is not one that I would suggest anybody listening to this podcast watch, but it does bring out some of the CD underworld that's, that does exist and it's eyes wide shut. Oh, you mentioned that. that. Yeah. That was strange. Um, but yeah, there's, uh, well, there was that period though, from like 1995 to whatever, 10 years where they kept doing bizarre, weird movies. Like 12 yeah. monkeys came out during that time. Didn't it? Yeah. That one was interesting. I, I, I didn't know what to think about that one. You know, you, you thought that these people were the ones that let out this disease and then, you know, Oh crap. No, it's actually the guy at the airport. It's oh. another Brad Pitt movie. Strange enough. Yeah. And he had, you know, had the crazy eye and the, you know, he did a great job in that movie. And um, what was, a, what was the Bruce Willis movie where he's inter where he's uh, space traveling. It's Oh, Looper. Of- no, no, um, no. The, the one where he goes, it's more of a comedy um, sci-fi movie where he's. Um, oh, 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 Fifth Element. Yeah, Fifth Element. That came out during that time. Multipass, multipass. So it was, it was actually a pretty entertaining <laughs> movie, but it's kind of, it's, yeah. it's bizarre. It's just, oh, they, that was definitely bizarre. That was like a. That's two Bruce Willis weird ones. Yeah, that's like, uh, I mean, and, and Chris Tucker in that movie. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, I'm like. You know what? what? I this? guess. I guess Bruce Willis was the rock of the early 2000s, wasn't he? I mean, they were like putting him in every other movie. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> and we always thought him as a comedy actor from, you know, Moonlighting, the TV Moonlighting. show. Um, I remember watching that show as, as a kid wondering what, why it was so weird. Yeah. Whatever um, happened to Sybil or whatever her name was. Sybil uh, Shepard. Yeah, Sybil. I know. Well, she had her show Sybil for a while. Wait, she's not the same lady that was in Top Gun, is she? No. Okay. Yeah. I get those two ladies confused. That was Kelly McGillis. Kelly McGillis. Um, yeah. Oddly enough, who was at Juilliard with Val Kilmer? I'm um, kidding. Yeah, you need to watch the documentary. It's good. Um, but um, yeah, I think there's a uh, there's a lot of those movies that kind of came out in that. You're right. That time frame was kind of a, we're just going to try this. The time Matrix frame. came out. Yeah. During that period. I yeah, mean, it wasn't true. before some of those. It was just during that period. It came out during that period. Um, yep. 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 That's you true. You know, we might not have a lot of the the crazy um, 
special effects movies we had had it not been for the matrix i guess well but it, but it was another bizarre movie though anyway. well yeah i mean i could i could there's a lot of there's one obviously we know the one company that made most of the special effects that everybody else uses and that's industrial mm-hmm. light and magic um but what's the other one i was trying to think of oh uh, that came out during that time frame is the blair witch project i mean stuff like that you know it's like whoa you know what was that well, it sounds uh, a completely different type of movie too right but it was still like they're gonna try this like we're gonna make this low budget yeah. where we actually scare the actors it's actually real fear and real they're really getting pissed off at each other and we're just gonna film it huh. um and we're gonna bill it as this is real footage and then yeah I, I saw that movie in college you probably i don't know if you did or not but um i saw that wow. while i was in college i went like you know because everybody was going to see it it was the new movie to go see yeah. i was like and i don't even like horror movies really and um it's more suspense than yeah and it's not necessarily it's more of a uh, goofy kind of movie to me but um that was well done i mean it, it was freaky yeah it was way. definitely freaky but I remember going and, you know, cause we just want to see, okay, what's the hype? Let's go. So like, you know, five or six of us went to the movie theater, this tiny little theater at college that we all went to, you know, where you're like looking up at the screen, there's no stadium seating back there. <laughs> yep. Yep. I think it actually eventually became a dollar kind of theater. Yeah. And uh, my, my friend, Matt, that was on, he was sitting next to me. I think it was toward the end, the part where she turns around and sees that person or whatever. He literally stood up. He like he just like stood up yep. <laughs> out of his chair. I see him doing that. <laughs> no, it was a different Matt, but you know, I looked up and I was like, "What are you doing, man?" <laughs> it's scared. He just like stood, like all, right, just all so kind of like a little what? It, I can't remember how many it was. It was me and our friend Brent and. Scott Rogers and somebody else that went and saw that that night. And we, I was already out of college and they were living over in Loburn. And I, we went back to their house and somebody knew we were watching it and left a message on the machine that was like creepy noises and rocks banging together. And dude, we all grown men were screaming, running us, <laughs> running out of the house. I'm like, that movie did a good job for now. Such I don't a low think, um, I'd, I'd almost dare anybody to go watch that at like, you know, eight, seven o'clock at night and then go somewhere camping for a night. Yeah. I mean, you're going to be affected <laughs> in, the that's, middle, that, in the middle of nowhere. And I'll be honest with you that that's a sign of a good movie, a well-made movie because it puts you in there and it, it messes with your head. And I like those that are kind of horror, but not really There's suspense, you know, cause we yeah. never saw anything that was chasing anybody. You never saw any, any of it. They yeah, didn't psychological. It a, they didn't make it a monster movie. They, <clears throat> It just, you knew there was this presence, but you weren't sure. You know, the, the scene where they're in the tent and something starts, the tent just starts moving around, around and they all go running out and screaming. And it's that crazy, dizzying handheld video camera. And, and, mm-hmm. and then when they, they switch from that to 16, mil, 16 millimeter, and you can definitely tell the clear, nice film of the 16 and then back to that. And then that whole scene was basically the production crew coming out there they didn't tell the actors anything they were going to do and they just started shaking it so they could get real fear on their faces and none of the actors knew each other's like storylines and what they were going to do and their their lines and their script hints were hidden in like a can in the woods or this they each knew what to look for for their own self so it's a truly a very cool way to make a movie but hmm. then i watched the second one and that was just horrible hmm. the second one was a regular movie and it's like oh this kind of takes the charm away you know 
The other bizarre movie that came out during that time was the Sixth Sense, another Bruce Willis movie. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan movie, yep. Of course, all of his movies, he sort of designs them to be a little bizarre, I guess. It, Hitchcock, very Hitchcock in the way he does things. I never um, thought about that. Hmm. That's why he always appears in his movies. It's kind of an homage to Hitchcock, because Hitchcock's always made uh, a cameo in his own movies. Um hmm. Yeah, I mean, Sixth Sense was one of his better ones. Um, you know, Unbreakable, all those movies he did. Uh, the yeah, Village. I actually liked Unbreakable pretty good. The, the Village I loved. I thought that one was well done. Definitely um, weird, different. You know, uh, and it makes you wonder, go, is there really places like this? Um, you know, oh, wow. <laughs> like these strange no-fly zone places. You're like, I wonder what's out there. Um, but yeah. Uh, well, I don't know how we got from Val Kilmer to MLI. I know we we just like to 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 chew the fat, Gene. So anyway, chewing the fat, chewing the fat. So on your on your notebook of many topics, real genius, real genius. Oh, such a great movie. I don't even remember it. I've been so long since I saw that one. Came out this about the same time as his first movie, Top Secret. Yep, Top Secret. I forgot about that one. Yep, yep. It's like a Val Kilmer special we're having here. That's right. Um. And the whole, you know, the whole misquoted thing from Tombstone, which makes me laugh now every time somebody says, I'm your Huckleberry. I'm like, it's not that word. It's I'm your Hucklebearer. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, he said Huckleberry. Uh-uh, Hucklebearer. Jason, you've enlightened me. I did not know. Yeah, they, it's uh, because back then, instead of a pallbearer, they were called they were called Huckles, the, the handles on a on a coffin. No it's way. A Hucklebearer. And that's why that scene happens. And they knocks over the the coffin there he's like mm-hmm. oh it's getting a little creepy it's like does anybody want to do it i'll be your huckleberry and that's why because he's talking about wanting to die and yeah it makes more sense because i always wondered like why would he say huckleberry yeah, that's, that's what sense. i've always wondered that's why because it's not huckleberry he mm-hmm. says huckleberry he now says huckleberry. you gotta make me go back and look at it again huckleberry i'm your huckleberry <laughs> like that you know and it sounds like huckleberry because that's the only thing we know with the word with the part huckle in it so Hmm. Mis- misquoted did he not say that word again in the movie somewhere no uh well did he say it in the in the woods for some reason i thought he said it he said it else. out in the, maybe in the grove there yeah then, okay be hmm. either way it's hucklebearer so yeah interesting one day i would like to find a good book about all those um outlaws of the west you know i don't even know there's one that exists I'll probably have to find individual oh, ones. I'm sure there the is. Different ones, you know, I'm sure there is. Yeah, I'm sure there's. Probably have to read a bio on Doc Hollywood. Bio Doc Hollywood. Doc Holiday. <laughs> <laughs> you caught me. Um, Doc. Um, Doc Hollywood, another good Doc movie. Doc Hollywood. It's, <laughs> With uh, Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox. Mm-hmm. Where um, he goes and gets stuck I'm in the town in South Carolina. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, Jesse James, all those people. Yep, yep, yep. I watched um, the uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Mm, yeah. The old Robert Redford movie. Yep. From Great the movie. 70s. Never seen it before, like several months ago. It was very interesting. Yeah, it's not what you think, is it? Yeah. It's like, no. a, yeah. It, to me, it was a movie. Like, you ever watch a movie? Oh, I know you have, but do you ever watch a movie where. It doesn't feel like you're watching a movie from that time period at all. Yeah. Like, not. I mean, it didn't even feel like an 1800s movie. It kind of did, but it didn't yeah, seem the, like a movie. It felt like a movie that could have been made in the 80s, not necessarily from the 
whenever it was 1970 or 70s something. yeah yeah hmm. well that was a weird time of movies and during the 70s wasn't it yeah yeah some of the good some of the best ever and some really weird ones midnight yeah, really, cowboy really weird ones <laughs> midnight cowboy um and the aforementioned clockwork orange <laughs> and 2001 space odyssey yeah um and many more stanley kubrick movies um yeah it seems like the 70s to me were sort of a transitional time i mean they we didn't... had we had star wars we had american yeah. graffiti we had smoking the bandit mm-hmm. um we had you know the other cinematic genius of you know deliverance um but like the old type of movies were you know well kind... you've hit upon yeah you've hit upon kind of the that that transition from the late sixties to the early seventies, you go from your epic type movies to more artsy kind of films, mm-hmm. um, meant to be, and and a lot of that you could say is from, in, and then you get to where Jaws happened, and Jaws was like the first big summer blockbuster movie, yeah, um, and you could say that's kind of the that was the direction they were going in. Well, it's weird to me because I, I'm I'm starting to watch more and more older movies. Yeah. You know, checking out TCM every now and then, or just looking up good classic movies and even watching for a while there, I, mean, I need to go back to it, but I was watching all the 007 movies mm-hmm. and the transition into the seventies is almost bizarre. I mean, yeah. I know that they use a different actor and he's totally different than, um, Sir Sean. Yeah. Um, Connery, but, uh, it's still though, just the, the, even, even the way they shot them and everything, it's just so much different. Yeah, you can tell a difference. You can tell the difference in the cinematography. You can tell a difference in the pacing. Yeah, I'm with you. And you've kind of hit upon the <laughs> one of the themes of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was that transition hmm. and how actors were trying to do it the old way and weren't getting parts. And, you know, that. Well, you, know. you know, I also noticed how um, the 70s brought about the. Um, end of the innocence if you will of cinema in a lot of ways to me um because yeah. you'll find huh midnight cowboy yeah <laughs> i haven't seen that um, yeah don't don't waste time <laughs> but I, you know you start getting more rated r movies you know what i mean like you get yeah rated r type movies that were just that could be grotesque or i mean yeah, they had you. you know they had noir movies and weird gross movies back in the old days but, but like they kind of came a- more mainstream it seemed like in the 70s yeah, it was a long way from, you know, your um, what should I call it, Lon Chaney's where you know Wolfman to uh, the Howling, you mm-hmm. know, or or to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that kind of stuff, you know, that or, or even stuff. the comedies, like for instance, yeah. uh, Animal House. Yep. yep. You know, I mean, I don't think they would have made an Animal House in 1968. Probably not. No. Um, or nor would they have. Made of blazing saddles. Um, <laughs> it would make a blazing saddles now or the last 30 years. Yeah, maybe they need to. Um, uh, but, uh, but uh, mm. yeah, it is an interesting time frame, you know, because, you know, me and you both being born in the 70s, kind of not to out our age, Gene. But there you sorry. go, Jason, giving away more of your personal information. He's <laughs> like, by the way, my social security number is 555. I was born. I at live the, at 2704. I was born at the very end, you know, almost the very end of 1975. So, you know, most of my childhood of that time frame is, is fuzzy memories, you know, of watching Star Wars and watching, you know, TV shows that were 
syndicated at the time that were not that old, like HR Puffin stuff and all that. Another one you couldn't make today, HR Puffin stuff as a kid's show, really. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, there's there that was definitely a different time frame. You could see a switch from the 60s because you still had your Cecil B. DeMille, you know, type epic movies in the 60s and your 60s mm-hmm. westerns going on. Um, and then even the spaghetti westerns that started happening in the late 60s into the 70s kind of changed a little bit too. Your, you know, all your Clint Eastwood type stuff. Um, yeah. I don't know. It has an interesting time frame. <laughs> Jimmy Definitely. Stewart. Uh, I never knew that Jimmy Stewart did so many westerns until I saw a documentary about yeah. him. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. Him and uh, Steve McQueen as well. Um, oh, I didn't know that either. Yeah. Steve McQueen did. He's famous for, you know, Magnificent Seven and a few of those kind of things. He was in there with Yul Brenner. He tried to drive Yul Brenner nuts while they're filming, you know, just kind of funny, funny stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, a lot of those actors, that transition through the 60s to the 70s was hard on them, you know, and a lot of them didn't didn't work as much because they were of the old mindset and weren't wanting to do the artsy type films. But, you know, you mean artsy like Freaky Friday? <laughs> yeah sure uh yeah, you know, yeah. Like, uh, puff the magic dragon yeah puff the magic dragon another thing puff the magic dragon really little jackie paper hmm what were they trying to say uh you know it's just it's just funny the things that slipped right past that were i know as nothing kids, as kids movies um but yeah there's it's an interesting uh interesting time frame well then it transitioned Again, in the 80s, yep. to me, it's so strange how decades morph into their own identity. Yep. Yep. Oh, I'm, and I guess I'm speaking mostly of a pop culture sense. Yeah, exactly. Um, Everything I mean, from fashion to music to the way they shoot movies. I mean, the 80s was the start of the heyday of the summer blockbuster type movies and the obviously your teenage films and you know, your John Hughes movies that, that had that kind of air about them. And then you had your goofy comedies, you know, your, your, um, Vent of the nerds and, uh, porkies and all that Man. silly mess. That, well, every know. one of those kind of just tried to feed off of the animal house basically. Yeah. I mean, honestly, comedy, they, right? yeah, they kind of had that, that vulgar type humor, you know, where it was vulgar, obviously back then but now it's like oh it's nothing because we you know see worse on cable um but you know at the time it's like mom was mm, i would never watch that you know um but then you had your your all your john hughes your um then your robert you know robert zemeckis getting into the deal with back to the future um and ghostbusters all those movies that yeah. just you know you look at Okay, well, let's do this then. You talk about summer. Um, I'm sorry, I didn't interrupt. You had another point. No, 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 no. Oh, um, the um, you said summer blockbusters. Okay, here is the first one that I can think of. Okay, ET. That's the first one that you can remember. That's the first one that I can think of. Was that probably the first one you can think of that came out of the eighty? Was there one in 1980 or 81? Uh, well, I mean, because if- I think ET was maybe right. 83 or something. 83, yeah. If you want to count. May as the summer, there's Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Um, <laughs> because Empire okay. Strikes Back was 1980, Return of the Jedi was 1983. 
Um, but yeah, uh, but you get a lot, a lot of those movies, you know. And you well, can, Indiana Jones was eighty one or something, right? No, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes, I think so. so yeah, that, yeah, maybe that would have been that one. Yeah, um, Lucas had to do something in between Star Wars. So. But eighty five. Okay, I can't remember. Eighty five. I mean, that was. Um, oh my gosh, uh, that was. Oh gosh, was it Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Sixteen Candles, um, Back to the Future? Yeah, Back to the Future, obviously. Was um, um, Top Gear that Top Gear Top Gun that year? Eighty six. Top Gun okay. was eighty six. Okay. Um, but a lot of those movies <clears throat> came out in like the eighty four to eighty seven range. Was like the amount of movies that came out that are classics is insane. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's all of those things you can think of. It's you know, it's Roxanne with with uh, Steve Roxanne. Martin. Uh, no, it's a uh, which is oddly enough the first DVD I ever bought. Um, but uh, you know, you get all those kind of movies, and and it's just because it was. I mean, you remember in the eighties, it was going to the cinema, and it was just this whole event, and something about escaping in that. You know, and you're in that dark cinema, you get into that world. Your Goonies is another one. Goonies okay, so one. let's let's travel back in time then. Eighty five. The highest grossing films of eighty five was yeah. Back to the Future. Yep, Robert which Zemeckis. I think I saw at yep. least. Huh? Oh, yep. I think I saw that at least four times in the theater. Yep. Um, Rambo Part Two was number oh, two. Oh yeah. And then Sylvester Stallone was racking it up with Rocky Four that year. I forgot about Rocky Four. How did I forget about that? And uh, then the color purple came out. Oh. That year, <laughs> um, yeah. out of Africa, and uh, which I never saw that. I, mean, I had suffered through it once. That's enough for me. It's basically like a romantic um, oh, drama, God. right? Or something Ugh. like that. Yeah, it's like. Ugh. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> I think that won an Oscar, though, right? Oh, I'm sure it did. Anyway, anyway um, not that, that really matters. Um, okay, this one I can remember because I knew a lot of people that were sort of, uh, I don't know if excited is the right word about it, but it just it had a lot of buzz. Cocoon. <laughs> remember that? Talk about bizarre movies. Yep. Another Ron Howard movie. Yep. I don't know if they would do that that movie this year. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, okay, Jewel of the Nile. Remember that one? Oh yeah. yeah. Was that was that related was, to Romancing the Stone? Yep. Second second movie of Romancing the Stone. That was then the second one. Yeah. Those are pretty good movies. Yeah, they actually were. They were really really who, entertaining. Who can forget the Eddie Eddie Grant uh, theme song? Yeah, I'm Romancing the Stone. Leaving <laughs> your poor heart alone. And then yes. one of one of my favorite Harrison. Um, Ford movies Witness came out that year. I'm glad you like it. Okay. Oh, you didn't like it. Oh, it's because it's got Kelly McGillis in it and she annoys me. Uh, I thought it was, I mean, it's not the greatest movie, but it's a entertainment. No, it's good. It's good. And then, of course, probably one of the best, um, adolescent movies of all time, Goonies. Yeah, it was good. It was definitely one of those schooler adolescent. Uh, yep. Yep, that was yeah. definitely the one that you know they had the Cindy Lauper song that came on the radio. Good enough for me, mm-hmm. it's good, enough. and that was in the movie. Um, yeah, that made us all want to go hunt for treasure in our backyards. That movie definitely uh, had a 1980s feel to it. Oh yeah, <clears throat> I mean, if an alien came down tomorrow and said, "Show me a movie that that depicts the 80s," I might say, "Go watch Goonies." <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's interesting. I forgot that was 85. Um, <laughs> and your, you know, your John Hughes movies are tossed in there all. Of course, your your favorite movie of all time is that is that number ten is Spies Like Us. 
Uh, oh, well, it's better than Ishtar. Anyway. Ishtar? Uh, <laughs> oh, wait, that was, yeah, that was, so that was 85. And, um, I mean, I feel like I'm reliving some childhood here with these. I know. 80, 84, you had Beverly Hills Cop was the yep. top-selling movie. I mean. Ghostbusters has got to be in there, too. You know, we weren't, we weren't adults back then, but I don't know what it was about the Eddie Murphy appeal back then that everybody loved him so much. <laughs> I mean, yeah. now when I go back and try to watch his movies now, I won't say they're unwatchable. They're just it's just not what they like. How was this ever a hit? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're not like. Uh, and then Ghostbusters, like you said, was in '84. Yeah, um, yep. Temple of Doom was that year. Yep. Um, Gremlins. Talk about bizarre movies. Yeah, Gremlins. Wow. Oh gosh, The Karate Kid. Oh man. Yes. I can still remember the summer the Karate oh. Kid came out. It's just like that's the movie. Everybody's going to go Gosh, see that movie. Yes, that was a great. I mean, you know, again, another one that doesn't stand up to time. Honestly, I've um, tried to watch it in twenty years. You know, I well, I will say this: their Cobra Kai show that they put out with them now, with both those actors now, is really good. Um, I, I thought they did a good job of resurrecting it. But you go back and watch that movie, you're like, oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> You know, and then you realize he won on an illegal move. Um, but <laughs> anyway, and um, then and then how can Al go from running a diner during Happy Days and just become a Miyagi all of a sudden? You know what I mean? So true. Try the fish. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, Which for some reason it went from Al the American Italian guy to Al the Asian guy. <laughs> no, no, just the transition there. Yeah, in Happy Days. Um. Yeah. What else was that year? Oh, I, Romancing the Stone, which we just mentioned. Right, right. And, uh, you got to cut a Footloose, Jason. I mean, you just got to cut Oh, it. Lord, Footloose. Cut yeah. Footloose, <clears throat> yeah, footloose many... to me, still stands up. It's a weird kind of movie, but it still stands up. Yeah, it does, actually. Um, it's st- You still watch it, and you're kind of like, this is, I could, I get into this movie. It's pretty entertaining. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's dated, but it's not dated so bad that it's, yeah, yeah I know. Well, you know what? To be kind of a whatever movie, just sort of a, non-thinking person's movie it actually had it actually hits on a few themes about you know i think legalism and yeah you know sort of um, censorship what freedom should be and all that kind of stuff or not yeah it's very applicable to me it kind of makes you think it's the kind of movie that oddly enough makes you think a little bit yeah it does what would you do if you were in a town like that it makes you you think god are there towns like this (laughs) yeah too um but yeah and then um of course, Splash was that year. Your, your Splash, other favorite movie. Yes. <laughs> How do we start out in '85 and now we're going backwards somehow? I don't know. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. It's all your fault. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Late '80s were interesting. My though. favorite movie of 1983 was Flashdance. I don't know about yours, Jason. Just kidding. Mm, what a feeling, Gene. <laughs> I did like that movie, but as a um, young young man, it was um, quite no, interesting no. for me. Anyway, no, no, um, to watch that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see, Trading Places. Wow. Yeah, you get uh, get in the earlier eighties. It, it's kind <clears> of fog, foggier memories, you know, of movies. I, you know. So okay, so to me, Return of the Jedi, like you said, I can remember yeah. going to see that movie personally. Yep, me and too. Loving it. Um, and Mr. Mom, I actually saw that movie at the. <laughs> my mom and dad took me to see that movie at a movie theater. What a great film. Yeah. And that one actually still stands up, and it's pretty darn funny still. Yep, Michael Keaton, just brilliant. Yep. Actually, I think we watched it at your uh, your place one time, and some people had never seen it. And they actually thought it was pretty darn funny. Yep. I just love it when it goes into uh, uh, into the uh, 
to buying cheeses and hams and can't figure out what to get. Yeah. I mean, are we going to cover all 10 years here? Is that what you want to do, Jason? Well, no, I mean, we don't have to cover all 10 Because I don't mind. Uh, we'll, we'll go real fast. Um, <laughs> you so hit your e. highlights. E.T. Yeah. E. was uh, 82. Right. That's not 83. Ar- arguably the, yeah, the most memorable movie <clears throat> of that year, probably. But keep going. Oh, my gosh. Officer and a Gentleman. Was that Oh, year? Lord. Yeah. That was such a popular movie with some Richard people. Gere. Yeah. And arguably my favorite Rocky movie, Rocky three came out. That year. Ah, that is a good one. I, Maybe I'm, Rocky four. They're, they're both pretty darn good, but Rocky four hit on our cold war, you know, mm-hmm. things. The first Rocky is actually very, very well written as well. Oh, well, yeah. Cause he wrote, Stallone. Yeah, yeah. He wrote it himself. He's, he's a trained, he was, he was trained as a, as a writer and actually, yeah. <sighs> but anyways, the rest of them are just kind of, uh, yeah oh they know annie came out that year and i can somehow remember that oh god i hate that movie (laughs) that just it just annoys me um i did yeah not my favorite musical yep (laughs) 81 raiders of the lost Ark, golden pond superman 2 author man my dad always thought author was the funniest movie oh arthur he could not stop laughing when he watched that movie uh stripes Cannon, stripes cannonball it's like the movie of the goofy comedies or the year yeah, what kind of training sir army training the cannonball <laughs> run anybody that actually knows what that movie is is probably not a millennial nope man and chariots of fire which to me is one of the best all-time movies yeah i would have i would say yeah i would definitely it was not a yeah I, I agree with you that was definitely one of those those movies it's a, a set in a time but still timeless Speaking yeah. of Time Bandits was that year. Oh movie. God, that movie! Wow, that's a great kids. That's movie. a deep cut '80s movie right there. Is what it made is. a lot of money that year. It's top ten highest grossing films. Yeah, and then in '80 was um, Empire Strikes Back and Nine to yep. Five. <laughs> <laughs> Such strange movies. Airplane and Stir yep. Crazy and uh, Which sold. Way You Can. What a strange. What another weird movie. You can tell what sold that year. Comedies. Stupid comedies. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you get into the later '80s, and some of our more memorable for us, I think, are out. You know, you're like what I'm watching right, or what's on TV right now that I was watching was it's released in '88. Was Great Outdoors. <coughs> you know, I mean, you know, movies like that that were just weren't going to win any awards, but they definitely were going to one be ones you watch over and over. You know. Um, mm-hmm. 87, I think, maybe was pretty in well, pink. Maybe. I, you know, I got 86 up right now. Can you guess the highest grossing film of 86? Top Gun. Can you guess the second highest grossing <laughs> film of 86? I cannot. Would you like a hint? Sure. Give me a hint there, Gene. All right. Let's see. How can I give a subtle hint without giving it away? Mm. Um, let's That's see. It's an art form in itself. How about we say. New York. New York. Muppets take Manhattan. No. Oh. Mm. Uh, <laughs> New York reporter. New York. Uh-huh. I could give this away so easily with like what? just one simple word or, or something. Oh, I'm going to feel like an idiot. <laughs> New York reporter that does a story. About someone. About someone. 
Yeah. Someone from the bush. Oh, Lord, help. <laughs> Crocodile Dundee, really? Uh, yeah, that was a high, wow. second highest grossing film. Oh, uh, makes sense, yeah. And I bet you can't guess the third one either. Nope, probably not. <laughs> no, I could give you a great hint, though. Two and a half men. Three men and a baby? No, no. platoon. Oh, platoon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Two and a half men. Right. Yeah, that was um, Charlie Sheen. Oh, that's a really obscure Charlie Sheen reference. Um, <laughs> I don't know many others. Uh, let's see. Charlie Sheen. Other yeah. than he was in Major League. Charlie Sheen. Wow. 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 Charlie Sheen. That was a that was his big blockbuster there. Uh, Milo Estevez. I'm kind of a bigger fan of his work, but you know. Yeah, his brother Emilio. Yeah. Uh, the Voyage Home is probably my favorite Star, Star Trek, Trek movie. Came yeah, out that, that was a good movie. That was a really good one. And um, trying to get the whales. Yep. Ferris Bueller was actually number ten in that, yep. that year. Yeah. Yep. Which is one of the um, John Hughes more entertaining comedies you'll yep. see. John Hughes brilliance. Yep. Eighty seven stands out to me in a lot of ways because yep. Roxanne. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was the number one selling comedy. Actually, yeah. Jason, that didn't even make the top 10 of that year. Probably not, no. <laughs> but can you guess the first one? Hmm. And I will say this, romantic comedy of sorts. Of sorts, eh? So not Roxanne. Um, oh, gosh, I can't. It was a yeah. comedy, but not like a traditional sense comedy, I guess. It wasn't Pretty in Pink, was it? No, no, not a Hughes movie. Um I can't think of any kind of hint to give you on this one except that um, it involved a baby. Three men and a baby? Oh, yeah. That was it. Oh, that was 87. Okay. Yeah, 87. Fatal Attraction was number two. Strange. Oh, remember that one, The Rabbit in the Pot. Yeah. But, I mean, easily the funniest movie that year had to be um, Good Morning Vietnam. Oh, yes. Talk about something that was just tailor-made for Robin Williams. Mm -hmm. I mean, good grief. I just, you know, that opening radio broadcast he does, I still know it heart by heart, that entire dialogue. You know, you just, you, you yeah. can't, you can't, oh, God, just yeah. put a lot of loss to lose him. And that's, I have to go through some of his movies sometime. Yeah. Um, you know, that was a weird movie, though. Like, there, there is not. Oh, it was very movie. weird. Yeah. That, I mean, not that movie. I'm sorry. That, that was a really weird year for movies, though. Like, listen yeah. to this top, you know, grossing movies. Labyrinth? Three Men and a no. Baby, <laughs> Fatal Attraction, Beverly Hills Cop 2, um, Good Morning Vietnam, Moonstruck. Moonstruck, the, yes. The, the Untouchables. Uh, 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 yeah. The Secret of My Success. Oh, yeah. Another Stakeout. Michael J. Fox. Stakeout. Uh, Lethal Weapon, the first one. And yeah. The Witches of Eastwick. I mean, there's not, except maybe for the Beverly Hills Cop, there's not any like big, you know, super whatever. Yeah. There's not like a... Um, you know, what'd you call it? Um, back to the future type movie that year. True. True. Now 88, our wonderful year of 88. Oh, really? Tell me about it, Jason. What was the top grossing film of that year? No idea. Rain Man. <laughs> oh, that was 88. Wow. There's Rain Man. That was yeah, yeah, de yeah, def yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely that one. Yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. <laughs> and who framed uh, Roger Rabbit? Man. Yep, I remember that. Oh gosh, right. I remember going to Universal Studios. When it first opened, without a whole 
Who Framed Roger Rabbit stuff. Of all wow. these movies I'm looking at, though, Rain Man, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Coming to America, Crocodile Dundee 2. <laughs> Coming to America, yes. <laughs> Twins, Rambo 3, A yeah. Fish Called One. I'm going in order here. Uh, yep. Cocktail. Cocktail, wow. Yeah. But number nine is probably my favorite from that year. Big. Oh, excellent. Yeah. And Die Hard came out that year. Big Oscar-winning film, Big. Yep. But Big to me is one of, that's probably my top five, if not my favorite um, Tom Hanks movie. Yeah. It's up there for me. Yeah. Wow. All right. Let's just close it out anyways with 89. What do you got? What do you got, Jason, for that? 89, I don't know. Strange year. Oh, wait. Uh. So it's worldwide. Let's see. Okay. We have top 10 films released in 89 by worldwide gross or do you want to hear the U- domestic gross jason domestic the only thing that matters the only thing that matters you'd probably you'll like the worldwide gross better okay um, <clears throat> they're just kind of it's sort of like watching the um coaches poll and stuff you see a lot of uh yeah that's true that's different true. places but domestically um batman was the first yep was number one that year but that, internationally uh, it was um the last crusade indiana jones oh Okay. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, Batman, the original one that uh oh, what's it, his name did? Michael Keaton. Now I was thinking I can't remember the director for some reason. Blanket. Oh, that uh, was um Tim what's Burton. his name? Tim Burton, yeah, who was perfect for Batman. Um did I hear right that Michael uh, Keaton's gonna be um in the newest Batman coming out? Well, that's the rumor. Okay. <laughs> um huh. but you know, I I just like Michael Keaton as an actor. I think he's he's done well in everything he's done. Um, if you ever want to watch Michael Keaton in something, and watch The Founder about where he plays Ray Kroc. Hmm. Yeah, he uh, just yeah. <laughs> you know, Rain Man must have been a movie that went bled into the next year because. It has it listed as number five on that list. It might have been released as a Christmas time movie, which means it was still Mm -hmm. in the theaters. Yep. Okay. Um, What else is from that year? Okay. So Batman, Indiana Jones, uh, Lethal Weapon 2. Yep. Yep. I mean, 80s, you got to say, was like the start of uh, doing sequels to everything. Yep. Yep. And then you had Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. (laughs) Rick Moranis. Uh, Rain Man. Look Who's Talking. Um, gosh ghostbusters 2 and back to the future 2 parenthood oh god you know the um the it's funny they're almost all comedies looking at this list yeah i mean indiana jones isn't really a comedy but it has you know it's Mm lighthearted. and oh well batman is not a comedy per se no but but none of them are like serious movies except number 10 kind of but dead poet society Oh, yes. Huh. One of Rob Williams' best. Interesting. Oh, so good. So good. Very interesting. And definitely in my top 25 movies of all time, too. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, tragic movie. Tragic, but... Ending, but it was good. Well done. Well done, you know. Well, Jason, that kind of wraps up the 80s. What's a good there it movie? is. We, There's your 80s. We've gone back to more nostalgia. Yeah, we did go to nostalgia, which is it's good, Gene. We got to do that every now and then. You got to know where you came from, right? <laughs> cinematically, cinematically, we don't know where we're going ever, but we know where we came from. <laughs> well, we've been meaning to cover some decades, so maybe. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, now that we got the '80s out of the way, we can go back and go through some '70s movies. 
Yeah, that'd be interesting um, because, you know, a lot of it, I mean, we'll know the movies, but we definitely didn't experience going to the theater as much. Um, no. but, I didn't go to the movie theater much in the 90s either because I was in high school and college and college, you just can't afford it or have the time. We made a way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> of course, we had to drive to Montgomery or Dothan or Enterprise to go to the movie theater because the only movie theater in Troy was the Pike 3 which was a single screen converted into three separate theaters. So you can imagine the, the uh, weirdness, especially the one that was done in the balcony where you're sitting on like <laughs> cushions on the floor, like you're in a hookah lounge. Um, but anyway, and then they finally built the, the one there in Troy, which is unfortunately closed now after last year. Um, and, and they, and so we didn't have to go to Montgomery anymore to watch movies. Um in college but yeah in, in high school yeah definitely i watch movies all the time um, i hadn't thought about that i hadn't thought about that blair witch project uh <laughs> story in a long time where he stood up my friend stood up right next to me <laughs> it oh, reminded me the other funny um movie experience i had well i didn't have it but my friend told me about it he was at uga um and he went to the, the movie theater and there was a dollar theater out there and mm-hmm. at the time I was going out there, this is like early 2000s. And he told me, you know, we're talking about the theater later. I was like, yeah, I went to this movie. Guy's name was Dean. I was like, yeah, I went to this um, dollar movie the other day out there. And it's like, man, it's weird though. The theater was hot. And he goes, yeah, it is. He goes, that movie, that theater is so hot. I saw a movie last week. I took my shirt off halfway through the theater, halfway through the movie. It was so hot. <laughs> <laughs> I just picture him taking his shirt off during the movie because it's like, well, that's too good to leave. I'm just going to take my shirt off. Oh gosh, how that good does a movie have to be for you to leave, mm-hmm. for you to take your shirt off just to stay? You know that. And uh, oh yeah, there was another time where I went to see the movie Blood Diamond when it came out in the theater. Which uh, like, yeah. What a bad movie, um, per se. And my friend Brent went with me. And uh, it was like a Friday night. He must have had a long week because halfway through the movie, he was like, <sighs> his head was cocked back and he was just snoring. <laughs> oh, it was funny. Yeah, that is funny. That is had funny, to be stuff. There. funny stuff. But the only, the, the weirdest movie theater experience I think I've had was I went and saw Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil based on the book uh, about the seedy underbelly of savannah um and a true story of a murder and i knew kind of what it was about but the problem was i went with a bunch of people who were a little bit shall we say more sheltered (laughs) and when uh the lady chablis who's not really a lady if that gives you an idea um came on and played she was playing herself and she she did that thing and they walked out of the theater. I had to walk out with them because they were my ride. <laughs> and I was like, man, I kind of wanted to see the end of this movie. But, um, you know, one of Kevin Spacey's, you know, strange movies. Um, we won't talk about him. But, uh, yeah, so that's that's probably the, the weirdest thing. I walked out on Pulp Fiction just because I wasn't ready for the language. Mm-hmm. Um, but saw it later, you know. Um, but, yeah, it's... It, Movies are funny, man. You can just remember where you were. You know, it's one of those things like music. You're always going to know. Yeah. I was here because this movie was out, right? This was that time when we went and saw this movie. And, you know, you know, Hello, I, Jason. you know, I had to explain in the 90s when we went on while I was on Beach Project, I had to 
explained to these people when we went and watched a movie and of course on a group date and um <laughs> i had to explain to them why when harrison ford's character got on the other plane they changed the call sign to air force one they had no idea that whatever plane the president's on is considered air force one i was like really how do you not know that uh, <laughs> and that was one of those things where I'm like, i guess my dad just kept me up in politics but anyway um you know, you have all these little memories of little times in your life and what movies were on and uh, what video you rented from the local video store when they used to have mom and pop video stores. Um, well, Jason, that's uh, yeah, there we go. That's 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 peachy. That's so peachy. Peachy. Oh, peachy. <laughs> all right, well, I'm going to end there because I want to go to bed music, That was a music store, Gene. Peaches. peaches. Uh, anyway, I thought that was your uh, seventh grade uh, prom dance date. Oh, yeah. yeah. Peaches. <laughs> Peaches McGee. <laughs> All right. Well, Jason, let's end it here. Hope you All have right, a great sir. day and uh, see yep. you next time at the movies. Just kidding. At the <laughs> <laughs> Two thumbs up, Gene. Uh-huh. <laughs>